got a Bible, uh, the verse that God's really put on my heart for you this morning, and I hopefully want to apply it to you. It's Matthew chapter 5, and uh, it's a couple of the verses that I'll read from there. In fact, I'll, why don't I read the whole thing and then put it in context. Uh, Jesus is talking, the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, he says this. He starts uh, in verse 13, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? No longer good for anything except thrown and trampled by men. And these are the verses that I want to pick up. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. People don't light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men they might see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And I believe prophetically God wants to underline that you as King's Church, first of all here in Cockermouth, but then actually in the whole area of Cumbria and Lancashire, but also nationally, God is raising you up as a beacon church. He's raising you up as a light bearing church. He's raising you up like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, must not be hidden, should not be hidden, but can be seen and its light shines out. You see, it's always been God's intention that his light and life should shine the way so that lost men and women can find the way back to God. In fact, the Bible constantly refers to mankind, humanity, as like we're blind, or as like we're in darkness. So you get verses like this in Isaiah 60, verse 2. Darkness covers the whole earth, and thick darkness is over all the people. But the Lord is rising upon you, and his glory is going to appear on you, and the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. It's like mankind is in this darkness... He's in this, he's blind, but God is coming. And God is going to come and light up the way back to himself, light up the way of truth and light. And Jesus came specifically claiming to be that way. I thought it was wonderful how we heard that word today, Jesus, I am the way, the truth. He's the way. And he came to show back to God. He's the way, the truth and the life. He comes to give us that life. He comes to give us that way. He comes to give us that truth. He comes to do that. And he actually came saying this very thing in John chapter 8 verse 12. He came and said, I am. And when he says I am, it reverberates with the name of the Lord, Jehovah. It's like you weren't even supposed to say that. But I am the light of the world. And Jesus says that in a quite an interesting setting really our verse today, but he says it in the setting of the Feast of the Tabernacles. And one of the things they did during the Feast of the Tabernacles, particularly during the evenings, they would light these magnificent lamps. In fact, the wick was made out of the old priest's garments. The priest had been into the temple, the priest had been making the sacrifices, the priest had been preparing the way back to God. They would make the wicks of the priest's garment. They would stand the candles in these magnificent bowls full of incredible oil. And they, when they lit the candle, they had to stand on ladders because they were so tall. And when they lit the candle, the flame 
and the light, it said, would light up the whole of Jerusalem. And in that setting, when these magnificent candles are being lit, when the whole of Jerusalem is being lit up, Jesus comes saying, I am the light of the world. Now, it's interesting, it's in John chapter, John chapter 8. In the very next chapter, John chapter 9, Chris, in the very next chapter, Jesus does a sermon illustration. You know, people do sermon illustrations. Have you seen people do sermon? Well, this is an amazing sermon. He just says, I am the light of the world. And then he finds a man who's been blind from birth and heals him publicly. I mean, what a great sermon illustration. It's like, my goodness, that's pretty impressive. Because it is lighting the way back to God. It's demonstrating that he's the one who is going to help those who are blind spiritually to see the way back to God. And of course, these pillars of fire represented the fact that during the Old Testament, when they wandered through the desert, what led them, particularly at night, it was a a cloud by day, but if you remember, it was a pillar of fire by night. It was about God's leading. It was about God being the way. And John has already introduced us to this theme of Jesus being the light. He's already said in his prologue in John chapter 1, light shines in darkness, but darkness hasn't understood it or comprehended it. But true light that gives light to every man is coming into the world. And John spoke that about the Lord Jesus. So it's in this context, Jesus is talking about himself being the light. He's the fulfilment of all the Old Testament promises of mankind who was blind, mankind who was in darkness, mankind who was wandering in the desert, not knowing which way to go. Jesus is coming and saying, I'm the way, I'm going to light the way back to God. And that's kind of like amazing, isn't it? And we can sort of end there and just worship Jesus. You're the light of the world. You're incredible. You shine the light. You're the one who lights the way back to God. You're the one who illuminates us. You're the one who gives uh, sight to the blind. You're the one who shows us. And that will be wonderful. But Jesus doesn't leave it there. His teaching goes on to say this. And now, you are the light of the world. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus turns it around from him being the light of the world. And he talks to his disciples. He talks to his gathered community. And he says, no, actually, you are going to be the light of the world. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, is going to pick this up a little bit later in his teaching. He's going to say this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, in other words, the creator God, and of course we all know from John 1, that is Jesus, the word of God, who spoke and creation was formed. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this, we're not like Moses, who when he encountered God, he like shone, it's like this beacon. And he had to put a veil over his face. We're not to be like Moses, who had to put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing it. But actually, anyone who turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, and we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what Paul is saying, same as Jesus, when you become a Christian, 
And you might not be a Christian this morning. You might be a guest. You might be a visitor. You might be looking in. Well, our invitation to you this morning is let Jesus light up the way to God. See that he is the one who's come to bear all our sin, all our shame, all our guilt, all our failures, all our fears, all our phobias, all our wrongdoing. And he dealt with it all on the cross. He is the one who lights the way back up to God. But when you put your trust and faith in that one, when you say, yes, I'm going to be a Christ follower, you're not just joining a club or a society. There's an amazing spiritual transaction. Jesus actually calls it being born again, becoming a new creation. Something new happens and the light of God shines into your heart and you become alive, you become ablaze, you are glory-filled, you are trained, uh, changed and transformed from the inside out, and you now become light carriers. You become the light of the world. You are illuminated by Christ's light. Now let me apply that two or three ways to us. Number one, when we meet like this, the gathered community. When we meet like this... Something glorious happens. Jesus said, where two or three gather together, there am I in the midst. Isaiah had prophesied, chapter 44, shout aloud, burst into song, for the Lord has redeemed Jacob and displays his glory amongst his people, amongst us. See, something incredible happens when we meet together. It's not just singing happy songs, which is better than singing sad songs, I guess. It's not just being nice, although that's better than being nasty. It's not just being happy, although I guess it's better than being sad. It's not just meeting friends, although that's probably better than meeting enemies. It's not just that we believe the same things, that we are part of some community, part of some society, part of some organisation. We actually form the bride of Christ. We actually form the body of Christ. We are actually his dwelling place. He comes and manifests himself amongst us, so that when people come up to share, it's not just Sheila sharing a few blessed thoughts, it's God speaking. God's amongst us. And when we're singing these songs, we're not just singing to the air or singing some blessed pleasantries, we're encountering the living God. God is amongst us, and we are the community of spirit-filled people. We're the light of the world. We're we're a, a gathered light, and something happens And you get changed and transformed and become more Christ-like just by being here and being part of the community. I really feel something has been lost over this last 18 months. I mean, a lot's been lost, hasn't it? Some of us have lost loved ones. Some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have lost income. Some of us have lost livelihood. Some of us have lost hope. Some of us have lost heart. Some of us have lost all sorts of things. But one of the things that we've lost is the glory of God in the gathered community. You just didn't get that over Zoom or YouTube or Facebook Live or whatever media you guys... You know, it was good, and thank God that we were in the 21st century, not the 18th or 19th century. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for the technology, but it wasn't the same, was it, as being in the room? If being in the Zoom or being in the room, I'd rather be in the room. You experience God in the gathered community. Now, of course, you can experience God on the screen. I was many times when we prayed for people on the screen and God touched them. But there's something about being in the room. There's something about being the gathered community of God. And I believe God wants to dial up today passion for the local church. 
He wants to dial up for you the glory of God in the church, the glory of God amongst us and amongst his people. I think we've lost something about that, if I'm honest. I was talking to some leaders this week from New Frontiers, and we were just sharing early days of New Frontiers. I talked to Terry Virgo, actually. Early days of New Frontiers. There was something magnificent when the church came together. I remember as a 16-year-old boy, I'm, nearly, I'm you know, heading towards 60, but 16-year-old, I remember coming into a church just like this, early New Frontiers. It wasn't even called New Frontiers. And I'd come out of a dead, religious, formal dry, wasn't really, you didn't really encounter God there, but I came into something like this, a spirit-filled community, and boy, I encountered God. God was in the house, God was amongst us. There was the glory of God in the church. Dear friends, God wants to underline that for us afresh. There's a glorious church. You're a city set on a hill. You're the people of God, indwelt by the spirit of God. God is with you and a city a town built on a hill must not be hidden and i believe prophetically god would speak to us kings that he wants to give you more and more visibility in the community i'm so thrilled some of these things paul when he gets the date right some of the things paul is leading us in uh, some of the things paul's talking about some of the things that you guys are doing in the community so thrilled to hear what you're doing at the hub thrilled what you're doing with a food bank and food resources, thrilled what you're doing in terms of uh, understanding God's heart for creation, thrilled what you're doing in the bridge and what you've been doing in terms of uh, relief of people who've been through floods and difficulties. More and more, God wants to raise you up, I believe. More and more prophetically, God says, you ought to be a city on a hill. Now, there are many other cities on hills, many other churches shining out for Jesus. We honour all those other churches that are shining out. May their light shine as well whatever denomination they are. But let's make sure our light shines. Let's make sure that we're the spirit-filled, glory-carrying people that shine the light out in Cockermouth. And there's a togetherness in that. It's also displayed by who we are, by our relationships together. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. There's love between us. The relationship, the fellowship, the friendship between us is actually going to be quite contagious. It's actually going to be seen by the world. The world is lonely. The world is longing for belonging. It's longing for friendship. It's longing for community. We've never had a more isolated and separate world. And hasn't the lockdown just shown that? Hasn't it just highlighted all sorts of well-being issues and mental health issues? The world's longing for community. It's longing to belong to something like us. Let's allow our relationship to shine. And, you know, you shine individually. You're an individual glory carrier of God. That's what you are. You are the light of the world. It's important that we get the gathered community because that's the context that God speaks these things in. But we don't stay in the gathered community. We don't all turn up to court Monday morning you know, this, this is Maz, she's all dressed up for court, and here's the whole church with me to support me. Probably not. Might be nice, might not be nice, you know. You think about, you think what, look at your watch, what time is it? Too long, you say. No, what time is it? It's, it's half past 11, okay? R- roughly, half past 11. Just have a think about it. Where will you be half past 11 tomorrow? Where, I mean, don't answer me, you know. 
Well, but think about it. You, know, you might be in a coffee shop. You might be in a community. You might be in a household. You might be in a shopping centre. You might be in an office. You might be in a factory. You might be in a school. You might be, I don't know, where will you be? But more than likely, sometime tomorrow, you're going to be bumping up against other people. Not literally, but you're going to be seeing other people. Whether it's where you live, whether it's where you work, whether it's where you recreate, whether it's where you get educated, whether it's the community that you live in, you are the light of the world in that community. See, don't say, I wish Paul Mogford could come into my community. Uh, somebody said no. <laughs> they, they, they really love you, Paul, don't they? Um, I, you know, I, I, I wish, I wish, I wish, you know, I, could, I wish I could take Gail. She's so lovely, isn't she? You know, I wish I could take Gail with me. You know, into my community because she she shines the light. You know, she's so light light bearing, isn't she? She shines the light of God. If I could take Gail with me, that everything would be great. And every, anyone's going to question, oh, hey, ask Gail. And if there, if there's a, he, oh, Gail will do it. Oh, Gail. No, Gail doesn't get to come to your community. Probably you get to go to your community. You get to be the light carrier. You get to be the one that, if someone's struggling with well-being or mental health get to give hope. You're the one that if someone's struggling with health issues, get to pray life. You're the one who when somebody feels disconnected and not part of community, gets to connect them and get them to be belonging. We don't look for the evangelists to do that. We don't look for the elders or leaders to do that. We are his hands and feet in the community. And I think God just wants to highlight that afresh for you today. He wants to underline afresh for you today that actually we sang it earlier, that, or we said it earlier, about the beautiful memory verse, about the kindness of God. God's kind. He is very kind. In fact, the Bible says it's the kindness of God that's going to lead people to repentance. And actually, just your thousand or million acts of kindness over this next week, your love on display, your mercy on display, actually will speak thousands of words. Now... It's important that we do speak words as well as show acts of kindness. Now we're going to go on to talk about that in a moment, but just for, just for this moment, just let the paint dry. God wants you to be kind tomorrow. He wants you to express the love of God tomorrow. He wants you to express the mercy of God tomorrow. He wants you to be a light bearer, a light carrier tomorrow, wherever you are. Now that also, it, according to our verse, as it says here, you're the light of the world, a town built on a hill, can't be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others. It, it, it means let it shine in the community so that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our good works are important. Now, we are not saved by good works. We're saved by grace. We're saved because we're not good. We're saved because we're bad. And he's good. But we are saved to be good. We are saved for good works. There are good works, as it says in Ephesians 1, for us to walk in that have been created by God before the foundation of the world. There are good deeds. There are good works to do. And I believe, again, God wants to just encourage you here at King's for your good works. Sometimes we think that's a bit of a negative thing. Oh, we don't want to be known for our good works. Actually, we really do want to be known for our good works. We want to be known that we're doing good in community. 
We want to be known that when the world is concerned about the environment, I switched on my television this morning before we, you know, we went out and there's Prince Charles being interviewed and you know, what's the future king being interviewed about? The environment? Because that's what the world's concerned about right now. What's happening with the COP23? It's going to be all about the environment. Well, we're, we're to demonstrate that we're ahead of the curve, not behind it. We're to demonstrate good works and mercy. We're to feed the poor. We're to clothe the naked. We're to visit the prisoners. We're the, we're the ones who lay hands on the sick. That's who we are. We're to be known for our good works. But I think there's a challenge, and I think Paul put his finger on it this morning when he talked about Jubilee Plus, their conference coming up. It's not just good works. You see, we're not going to win Cockermouth just by being the nicest people on the planet. Oh, Gail, she's ever so nice. Oh, she's lovely. You know, she's lovely. She's ever so nice. Well, the ni- it's just being nice won't win people. Just being kind won't win people of itself. It might open their heart to hear rather than us being unkind and nasty. In fact, it will. But I think what's happened is the church has just got known and stuck as being those who do good works. Our social action projects... This is what Jubilee Plus Conference is all about. This is a bit of an advert for Jubilee Plus right now. Get involved with that conference a couple of weeks' time. So important. If you can't get down to Manchester, at least get a Zoom party and get something going. Watch it, because what they're going to be saying is this. Alongside our good works, alongside our mercy, we must have mission. We must be living the good work and proclaiming the good word. We must be living it out and proclaiming it out. And actually, we get to illuminate the world by illuminating Jesus, by lighting up Christ, by lighting up who he is. Otherwise, we're just giving a message of philanthropic good humanity. We're just saying, we want Cockermouth to be the nicest place on earth. We want it to be the happiest place. We do, but we know that the only way that's going to happen is if people encounter Jesus and get transformed from the inside out. So I want to encourage you in your social action to be praying for people, to be having words for people, to be laying hands on people. It's, oh, sometimes the regulations doesn't... There's always a way round. There's always a way round. And it's called the Holy Spirit. He makes a way where there isn't a way. He makes an opening where there isn't an opening. He gives you confidence and boldness where there is fear and regulation. Now, I'm not suggesting you break any guidelines, you break any rules, but I am saying this. In every setting, he opens a way for you to open your mouth. In every setting, he opens a way for you to open your mouth. And what we need to do is open our mouth more and more and to declare the wonders of God, and to declare the good news about Jesus, to be speaking more about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, because in the end, that is the thing that will illuminate people back to God. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4, We commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And if our gospel is veiled... It's veiled to those who are perishing. But the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. That's what we were talking about at the beginning. So they can't see the light of the gospel that is displayed in Christ, who is the image of God. But we preach, not ourselves, 
but Jesus Christ is Lord. He says that. He says they're blind, but we preach Christ. They can't see, but we preach Jesus. And in doing so, something happens, he says. God who says, let light shine out of darkness, makes his light shine in hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. So that's what Paul says. He says, the world is blind, the world is walking in darkness, but we're to preach Christ, we're to declare Christ, and as we do that, God who said, let light shine into darkness, will shine into people's hearts and illuminate them. So my encouragement to you, kings, is this. Keep being the gathered community. Keep shining in the community. Keep doing the good works. But also, keep saying the good words. Keep declaring who Jesus is. Keep being kind in your, in your actions. And keep being kind and truthful in your words and declaring who Jesus is. I believe there's a massive harvest for us. I believe there's a massive harvest for you. I believe you've sown. Somebody gave the picture earlier of a seed being sown and, and, and an idea. You've sown so well in this community. I applaud what you've done in the Bridge Cafe. I applaud what you've done with, uh, with, with people who've been homeless and had the plan. I applaud what you've done with giving food and helping. I applaud what you're doing with creation. I with the, uh, with the care for the I applaud what you're doing in all of that. But in all of that, there's seeds being sown that will produce a harvest of righteousness. And God says, you've sown well. I want you to reap a harvest of righteousness. I want there to be massive income to the gospel, massive ingathering to the gospel. I want to see these seeds come alive. I want to see fruit of things coming up and being birthed again. Let me finish, that, bring this to a conclusion by saying this. Lastly, you're a light here in this place. You're a light in your workplace, your community tomorrow. You're a light as you do good work. You're a light as you declare it. But also, I want to say, you're a light to the nations. This is what Isaiah says. Isaiah 49. It's too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel that I've kept. I will make you a light for the Gentiles, that's every other nation, that my salvation might reach the ends of the earth. And I thought as I was praying for you yesterday morning, actually, I thought God say he wants to turn the colour up here. He wants to turn colour up here. Now you might say... You know, we don't have many people of different coloured skins and different ethnicities. We don't have many people of different language groups in Cockermouth. We do. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was waiting for something. You really do. Yeah. And actually, we need our eyes open to that. That God has blessed us as a community with having people of different ethnicities, different nations amongst us. Some of you, like Roger, will go to the ends of the earth but some of you will go to the ends of your street or the ends of your comfort zone and will connect with people of different ethnicity. And I believe God's promise to you as a church is he wants to give you nations here. He wants to give you people of different coloured skins, people of different accents and, and uh, language. He wants to give you people who might look the same as you on the outside but are different because they come from a different cultural background. I want to encourage you that God loves the nations and that one day 
we are going to be from every tribe and tongue and nation in a new humanity, in a new community, a new heaven on earth. And he wants to do a bit of that ahead of time, a bit of that here in Cumbria. And just as I was preparing this for you, I felt that thing about light, and I was studying it and looking at, and I felt a light to the nations. God wants to light up nations to you. So even this week, when you come across people of different nationality, when you come across people who are of different ethnic origin to you, see that as an open door to show the love of God. See that as an open door to express the love of God. Because I believe God wants to turn up the colour amongst us. He wants to turn up the language groups amongst us. He wants to make us a people of all nations because that ultimately is going to give massive glory to him. Is that okay? So I'm going to pray for you and uh, I'm going to ask God to do that amongst you. And, you know, if, if you feel, if you kind of feel just stirred by what I've said, if you think, do you know what? I want to take a step of faith tomorrow at 11.45... 15 minutes has gone by. 11.45 tomorrow, I want to better demonstrate the love of God in both actions and in words. At 11.45 tomorrow, I want to express the love of God to someone of different ethnicity. I want to express the love of God to my workmates, to my friends, to my family. If you kind of feel stirred on that, then even as I am praying, you know, Chris said about prophetic actions, well, it's not a huge prophetic action, but you might want to stand and just say, I'm going to step into this. I'm, I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to be a child who is going to be a light in my community. I'm going to be one who demonstrates in words and action the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave. God's love is always giving. It's always on a mission. Mercy and mission together. And right now, Lord Jesus, as I pray... One or two, I mean, there's going to be more than one or two. Some of you are just going to feel stirred to stand and say, yeah, I'm in on this. Yeah, count me in. I'm going to be a light tomorrow. I'm going to be a light in my community. Lord, I thank you for this community. I thank you that this King's Church really is the light of the world. It really is a city on a hill. And we experience that, Lord, when we get together like this. But I believe, Lord, our real light-bearing capacity is not here in this school, although we love it here. It's in the community. It's tomorrow. It's in a school. It's in a college. It's in a factory. It's in an office. It's in a shopping complex. It's in a restaurant. It's in a coffee shop. It's in the street. It's in a home. It's, it's where we live. And, Lord, I pray, let, Lord, that light that shone from heaven that made the world, let the light shine in our hearts. And when we declare it, let your light shine in community. Lord, I pray for great conversations tomorrow. I pray for great opportunity tomorrow to better pray for the sick, to better give hope to the hopeless, to better give life to the dead, sight to the blind. And I pray also particularly, Lord, that you would cause the colour to be turned up Take us from black and white to multicolour, like four, what is it, four HDK, high definition, shining out, big screen. Lord, we, I ask you, Lord, you turn up the colour in the church. I pray, Lord, there'd be men and women of different ethnicity. I pray there would be people of different language groups. I pray, Lord, that we really would be a church for the nations, that our light would shine to the nations. We ask that in Jesus' name.
Amen.